Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald. And now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View. I hope you're having a great Friday. This is the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. It's Friday on Coast View. We're going to move to Jeff Duncan real quickly, but let me uh, share one quick quote with you from Selma Lagerlof. And it's one that, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me, but I'm a former publisher, and uh, Jeff Duncan, who will be coming to you shortly, he'll be able to relate to this one as well. And here's what Selma said. For so as long as there are interesting books to read, it seems to me that neither I nor anyone else, for that matter, need be unhappy. <laughs> That's for sure. There's so much out there. And uh, if you don't read very much and maybe you have some troubling times in your life, you know, find something that's uplifting and uh, you maybe, you know, it would change your dreams. It will certainly change your outlook. But, uh, yeah, no one need be unhappy as long as there are books out there to read. Let's move over to my friend Jeff Duncan, who uh, went, usually actually he's uh, he's in his home and you can see behind him all the books that he reads. And he tells me that's all, only just a fraction of what it is. He's coming to us from a coffee shop by the Lafitte Greenway today, where he's got a meeting right after this, right after this uh, conversation. But how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Ricky. It's a beautiful day in New Orleans, and I'm sure over in the Gulf Coast as well. Uh, so perfect opportunity to get out and uh, get a little different setting today. Yeah, someone posted something the other day that th- nothing is more confused than a thermostat in the South in March. <laughs> And and that's certainly that's certainly true right now. Hey, listen, we were chatting before we started the show. I, I don't recall ever. It may, it, maybe maybe it's happened before. I don't recall ever this time in the juncture of the Saints, uh, you know, life life, uh, you know, timeline. There being so many headlines about the Saints. You know, Nola.com at the Times Picayune continues to knock it out of the park, but. Buddy, there is <laughs> starting with from Derek Carr through the defensive line to Jameis Winston and beyond. This has been a really, really incredible headline making week or two, hasn't it? Yeah, well, free agency started Wednesday and the Saints have been active. And look, we thought they would be. I know a lot of people were kind of concerned because of their salary cap situation, but the Saints are wizards, as we all know by now, they reaching. Uh, the limit on that salary cap and getting under the cap. I think it speaks a lot, Ricky, to the culture they built in the building that so many players are willing to restructure their their contracts, some of them even willing to take pay cuts to stay in New Orleans. Now, maybe they didn't have better options elsewhere, but it's interesting to me to see how many players are willing to stay here for less money than they're contractually were obligated uh, that speaks, I think, volumes about what they've created here. Yeah. Okay. So, look, let's start with the defensive line because you, you know, you had these series of headlines. I won't read them all, but you know, for the first one that broke was Falcons have picked off a key member of the Saints defense with a healthy contract. That was about David Onyemata, and then it goes to Shot Shot Tuttle, and and the hits keep coming. But as I said to you 
did, you know, before we started the show, it's almost like the Saints saw that happen and then they just did a little touche back because it seems that what they brought onto the team were some folks they really needed. So why don't you kind of assess, you know, that that uh, all those personnel changes that took place there? Well, the Saints went into free agency, like we said, they were going to be very tight against the cap. So they, I'm sure, had a budget in mind of what they could spend on certain positions. They always do. And some of their players, they knew ahead of time, Ricky, they were going to lose because the market value was going to be too high. David Onyemata was one of those players. I think he got around $12 million a year from the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints were not going to be in that market. Same for linebacker Caden Ellis, who got around, I think, $7 million contract uh, to go to Atlanta. So they knew that those guys likely would be going elsewhere because of the market. The Saints always go in with a number in mind. And I think they went a little, uh, you know, a little cheaper at the defensive tackle position, trying to gamble on younger players. They got Nathan Shepard, a young defensive tackle from the New York Jets, massive guy, six four, three hundred something pounds. And then uh, Kalen Saunders, who came from the Kansas City Chiefs, played in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs just a few weeks ago, and played well. Another young, up and coming player. And I think their their thought on this is. We'll pay a little less for these guys and try and develop them with the upside that they have. Uh, now, we'll see if it pans out because David Onyemata is a, a very good player. But the Saints have a budget in mind. And at that position, at least, defensive tackle, they weren't going to spend in the big market to, to pay big dollars for a defensive tackle. So many other headlines to focus on, but uh, I mean, it would seem natural. Maybe the next thing we should talk about, you and I have speculated about Michael Thomas on and off for the last several months. And uh, you know, it seems that he and Derek Carr really, really started this, the team building, the coming together as a partnership in a pretty significant way. And that all played out well for the Saints as well, assuming, of course, that uh, Michael Thomas is going to be healthy. Yeah, look, I don't think that happens unless the Saints get Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr changed everything about the organization from a offensive standpoint. You can attract players like Michael Thomas and other good players when you have a really good quarterback. And I think Michael Thomas, at this point of his career, uh, coming off three injury plague seasons, uh, he wants to get back on track. And to do that, he's got to have a good quarterback. And so I think when Derek Carr signed here, that opened the door for Michael Thomas. And and look, I, I think he's doing a smart move. His market is not what it was. Uh, so he's signing a deal, basically betting on himself, uh, a lot of incentives in there. And if he has a good year on a one-year deal, he can go back to the market next year and get back on track uh, you know, with his market value. Because right now, it's not that good coming off three injury play season. But it's huge for the Saints because that's an area that they really lacked last year, Ricky, that, that ability to make contested catches over the middle. So I read with interest um, – um, Jameis Winston's Instagram post where he went into great detail about why he made the decision he made. It's a little bit surprising, though, you know, because I thought maybe he had burned a few bridges, but he's trying to heal all that. What's your take on sort of how that's played out? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was surprising. But again, I also think it's a little bit of a marriage of convenience. Uh, Jameis Winston, I'm sure his representatives looked around to other uh, teams on the market, determined what his market value would be, and then saw the offer that the Saints had, and uh, for him, he could not find another starting opportunity in the league. He's going to be a backup at this point. 
and the Saints wanted him back for a number of reasons. Not only do they like Jameis Winston, they know he's talented, but also he's a very good teammate in the locker room, uh, well-respected in the locker room. But also, and don't discount this, uh, him coming back saves them a lot of money on the salary cap, and that's something that they really needed. The way they restructured that deal uh, made it made it much more cap-friendly, and that that's really big for the Saints right now because of their salary cap situation. In, in a lot of ways, to me, actually, it makes it may maybe makes more sense to have Jameis Winston as a backup instead of Andy Dalton. Um, you know, and the other thing, the reading about Jameis, aside from the way he sort of expressed some of his displeasure publicly, which you and I wondered how much that was going to weigh heavily on their decision making. Obviously, it didn't make a big deal because they were really focused on the money side of it. But um, in reading all that, though, he had, you know, he, he said that he was healthy, but the reality was those injuries last year were pretty important, weren't they? Oh, yeah. No question about it. I mean, he had a back injury. You know, every, that's your trunk. You can't throw without being able to use your back. So uh, we'll see how he plays this season if he does get to play. I mean, the one thing about Derek Carr is he's been extremely durable and reliable in his career. He hasn't missed very many games because of injury. Uh, so, But now with Jameis Winston on board, you have a starting caliber backup, a guy that you know knows the system, is familiar with the personnel. I think it's a very good situation for the Saints. And I have to admit, uh, somewhat surprised that it, that it worked out the way it did. Well, the other, the other that was I hated to see, but I, again, I don't know that he had a great year last year. I would be interested to hear your point of view. But return specialist Deontay Hardy, as you pointed out, another player who cashed out. Uh, what's your thought about losing Deontay Hardy? Well, I think the, the emergence of Rashid Shaheen made Deontay Hardy expendable. Uh, they had another, basically a cheaper version of him. They knew that Deontay Hardy, the end of his four years, was going to uh, have a market, and they were not going to be in that market. And when you have a, a player like Rashid Shaheen, who also can return kicks and punts and also work in a receiver, I it basically made Deontay Hardy um, you know, a luxury they couldn't afford right now. Uh, so Deontay Hardy, I think, got a great deal in Buffalo. I think he's going to do well there. He's certainly, when he's healthy, He's extremely dynamic on returns, as is Shahid. Uh, but he's also been had a lot of injuries over there. He's not a very big guy. I think that's also factored into the decision for the Saints. Hey, listen, uh, you, we talked about Kalen Saunders, who uh, had a really good year last year with the Kansas City Chiefs, again, on the defensive line. But one of the things I forgot to point out was, uh, in addition to him being 324 pounds, you guys posted a video of him actually catching a pass. He's got really good hands. <laughs> Um, I wonder if that will potentially play into the offensive scenario next year. No, I'll be surprised if that did, but look, it's something to throw on tape, right? But let's face it, they brought him in to stop the run. That's what he's here to do. Uh, obviously, it show, does show his athleticism. Um, maybe, you never know, they, you know, they got Taysom Hill to do that. Maybe they'll have another guy that could be a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, but it was fun to watch. I love big man touchdowns. Me too. Fun to watch. Uh, when we come back with Jeff Duncan, we'll talk about the latest with running back, which is something that they had to address because of the the uh, the charges against uh, against our star uh, Alvin Kamara. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Jeff Duncan, who's actually coming to us from a coffee shop. Not far from the French Quarter, a really new developing area of, of, of downtown New Orleans. He has a meeting there at 9, so we're, mm-hmm. we're chatting. So he had a little bit of background noise, but he's doing a really good job of sort of overcoming that. Uh, hey, incidentally, Jeff, one of the things that um, we've, we'll, we'll talk about this some other time, but one of the things that we're really concerned about here in coastal Mississippi is the number of shootings on I-10. And uh, I think that the NOLA.com team has done an incredible job of – of documenting all that and helping us, you know, really understand it. But I pointed out that the other day on my show that a couple of people were killed in Mexico and, you know, it makes national news and you're getting people killed in the crossfire on I-10 in New Orleans and it really doesn't really make national news, but we've got some issues there. But I think the team at NOLA.com, again, has done a great job of covering that. And in fact, I may have, I may ask Gordon or someone to join me at some point soon just to kind of dive into that because it's really on everybody's mind here in coastal Mississippi. Anything to say about that before we move back to the Saints? Well, look, I would say, you know, just last weekend, I think we talked about the New Orleans Book Festival. Uh, that they had a great event with incredible uh, talent. A lot of headliners were in town, and I was at a reception there. And a lot of the out-of-town uh, authors that were in town were asking me questions about that. What is it like to live in New Orleans? We see the headlines. So it's a perception problem for the city. It's a, not just a perception problem. It's a, it's a real problem that they have to get under control. It's been that way for as long as I've lived here. Uh, but it does show you when you start talking to people that come in, guests out of town, worried about the situation because they've read those headlines. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- you know, one of the things that that uh, we did well when I was there, you did it well before I got there, and you're still doing a great job at it today, and that is graphically showing uh, something like uh, the kind of shootings that are taking place on I-10, graphically showing that so people can see it uh, on a map. And uh, have a sense of it and say, okay, how often do I drive by that same area? Like my Ann and I had to bring our granddaughter uh, uh, today, actually, to, um, to, to auctioner. And it's on our mind. I mean, we leave, we leave here, we're thinking about it because we're going to drive through all those areas that you guys have graphically shown so many times. But if, if listeners are interested in knowing more about it, uh, I would really encourage you to go read the Times Picking and Old.com. You can do a search on their website. And they've done extraordinary coverage about it. And hopefully we can come to some resolution about all that. Okay, so anyway, getting back to the Saints. You know, it's um, it's, it's just been a flurry of free agent signing. Uh, I think one of the most important is around running back for people who, if they might have been asleep at the wheel and not realize the kind of trouble potentially that, that Alvin Kamara is in tr- involved with let's remind people what that's about and why they would go get someone like uh, the top you know score on uh, for touchdowns last year that's who we just signed so let's talk a little bit more about that well Alvin Kamara is obviously facing some type of league discipline uh, his court hearing is going to his court case is going to be heard uh, this summer and so the Saints are being proactive about that it's something they knew uh, that they were going to have to address. And, you know, you, all, you have to have two good backs in this league anyway. And I think Mark Ingram, who was the oldest back in the league a year ago, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what his market is if he wants to continue playing. Uh, but Jamal Williams, the player you were referencing, who the Saints signed, uh, led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. He had 17. He's a really good, uh, 
goal line back, a very good short yardage back. Uh, actually played with Taysom Hill at Brigham Young, so they're familiar with each other. And uh, he, he's a terrific number two running back, a really good signing for the Saints. The kind of guy that can carry the load if Kamara's out for a certain period of time and also can be a good uh, you know, change of pace back to go with Kamara if he's in the lineup. And I don't think they're done there either, Ricky. I, I think they'll definitely draft a running back as well, have another guy there uh, as an insurance policy. Interesting times for the Saints, but um, but I'm really pleased with the way this this team's kind of putting it all together. And Derek Carr, you know, coming in was um, was a really key point to that. In fact, I noticed on the on the Saints newsletter, you guys posted a letter to the editor where someone was criticizing the team for still not still not getting the right quarterback. Believe it or not. So I mean, Derek. I mean, let's say Derek Carr's got something to prove. You know, he knows it too, doesn't he? Yeah, he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder with the way things played out in Las Vegas. Um, you know, in the Saints, I think we're very bold and decisive in going after him. I think it was smart. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how good Derek Carr is going to be. I mean, I have to see him play in person and evaluate him over the course of the season. But he's a proven commodity, a guy that's played and won a lot of games at the NFL level, and he solidifies the position. That's really the most important thing. The Saints don't need him to be – Drew Brees. They need him to be just a very solid winning quarterback, especially in the division the way it is right now. I think right, you'd have to say, Ricky, as we sit here, uh, you know, in March, the Saints are the favorites to win the division, and you get you win the division in the NFL right now, you get a automatic home playoff game. And I think anybody would say, regardless of you know, this isn't the uh, the, the Saints of the 2017-18 run when they were dominant, winning 13 games, but you get a home playoff game in that Superdome, uh, you know, no one's going to want to come in here and play the Saints regardless of where they're at right now. Hey, listen, I want to, we're going to come back to Derek Carr because um, there's a lot to talk about in terms of how he's so quickly assimilated into the culture of New Orleans and how he's played that hand so well. But before we do that, I just want to make sure anything else notable that you want to bring out before we move over to maybe the longer story around Derek Carr? No, look, I mean, the Saints, I don't think anything that's happened so far has been surprising. I think every, except for Jameis Winston coming back, that was a bit of a surprise. I think everything else has happened according to plan. I, I think the Saints understand they still got more work to do. I think they're going to lean heavily, Ricky, on Jeff Ireland and his ability to draft. I mean, they're compiling draft picks. Uh, they know that that's in this league, that, that's the cheapest way to go right now. Get cheap talent, if you will on those rookie contracts. And when you got a guy that evaluates talent as well as he does, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, to lean on him in the NFL draft. This is going to be a big draft for the Saints going forward. Listen, I, can, I don't mind telling you, when you see the social media posts by people like Drew Brees and others of Drew and uh, Derek Carr together on the field, you know, uh, they, they seem sort of the same size. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, their families are almost identical, you know, a daughter and three sons and a beautiful wife and, you know, someone who's who really enjoyed the, the, what you and I talked about last week, the kind of behind the scenes approach that they took with this guy. They didn't bring him in, uh, you know, all this glitz and glamour. They, so they really kind of handled him carefully, letting him get to know the culture of the city or whatever. But he seems to get that, man. I mean, the Saints were masterful in the way they handled that. But he's, he seems and his family seems to be an awesome fit for this city. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the Saints are probably playing the same type of hand that the Rams played a couple of years ago when they went out and got Matthew Stafford, guy that had been in 
somewhat of a dysfunctional organization in Detroit, never really won at a high level. And they got him in there and he definite upgrade at the quarterback position. They won a Super Bowl. I think the Saints look at the same uh, background, uh, similar background for Derek Carr with the Raiders, where he had a number of different coaches, a number of different offensive systems, and never really, I mean, he's had a losing record as a quarterback, never won a playoff game. Uh, so that's the, the, the mark on his resume. But he also was not in a great uh, culture or a great atmosphere. I think they feel like getting him into New Orleans uh, in the Saints locker room, where they already have a very talented roster that he can flourish. And again, they're not asking him to carry the team. He just has to be a key part of it. Hey, listen, I, I remember what you saying to me, and we may have been talking about Garoppolo, or may have been talking about Garoppolo and Derek Carr, but I think you made the point that when he walks in the room, he's just such a good looking dude. It even attach, you know, <laughs> you know, it even gets the attention of the men in the room. He's just a, got those natural, beautiful eyes, and he's just a good looking dude, isn't he? Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. Matter of fact, we had some people saying that they wish the Saints would have gotten in the market for Jimmy Garoppolo just so they could interview him every week. <laughs> uh, that's how funny it was. So, look, I think I think he definitely is the kind of guy that uh, Derek Carr, I'm a big fan of. I, th- I love that signing. But Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do well in Las Vegas. Uh, but if the Saints had to go in another direction. If they didn't get Derek Carr, I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have been the first person they called. Yeah, you you actually thought for a long time that that he was probably the the head of the list. Um, if I read that contract right, did he go for a little less? Is that what I read? Did yes. he go for a little less than than they, Derek Carr? Yes, he did. And so that and look, he has experience and familiarity with Josh McDaniels from their time together in New England. So it made a lot of sense that the Raiders would go after him. And a lot of people are going to be watching those two trend, those two quarterbacks and see how they play out this season because there's obviously going to be a little bit be joined at the hip because the Saints could have gone after Jimmy Garoppolo. Instead, they made a really quick decision to go after Derek Carr, but probably because of Dennis Allen's familiarity with Derek Carr because he was the head coach that drafted him when he was in Las Vegas. You know, and, you know, we, we can scoot, scoot right past that, but the reality is – Understanding sort of the cultural fit, understanding the leadership fit, and knowing that component. That's, you know, I don't, whether you're running a company or, or, or trying to find a good quarterback leader, that's a major dimension in the conversation that he was able to know what it's going to be. And with, with Garoppolo, there would have been a little bit of, you know, uh, mystery, you know. So that was a good one for him. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I mean, the familiarity is huge in this league. It's like any other business, you understand what you're getting in, in Der- Derek Carr. And- I think he was a perfect fit culturally for this team. He's a veteran guy, brings instant credibility in the locker room with the veteran players. There's a lot of strong leaders on this team that want to win. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Hey, listen, it's been great to see you, my friend. Have a good meeting. And uh, we'll be back in just a second with Robbie D'Angelo. We'll see you after this. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.